90% of all scientists that have ever been alive are alive today. That's a lot of information, but don't panic. It's not an exact science. Hey, Shannon, how are you? Uh, doing pretty well, all things considered. How about yourself? <laughs> I would say the same. <laughs> uh, as we said last week, we took a little bit of a break, thanks to the uh, the year 2020 and <laughs> the fact that uh, we both had very, very busy Decembers lined up for us. Oh my gosh. You would think that, I don't know, with all of everything going on, it would not be that way, but... It definitely is. I say, I, I dare say it's made it worse. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> um, so we're sitting here the last week of this terrible year, but also, you know, I, I hold no sort of, I mean, I'm hopeful for the future, but I also hold no sort of illusions that next, you know, Friday we're going to wake up and it's going to be amazing. So, you know, whatevs. Yeah, everybody's being a little more cautious about saying things like, 2021's going to be my year. <laughs> oh, man. There's, um, I share a meme board with one of my friends and about 2020 memes. And whenever I'm just getting really discouraged, I just go and look at it. And they are the funniest things ever. <laughs> Yes, they are. And so we thought <laughs> that we would go ahead and continue our tradition that we've done over the past many years of having a resolution show because we wanted to do exactly that. We wanted to laugh at <laughs> looking at the things that we thought were going to be important in 2020. And not maniacally like last week, but probably that'll come up anyway. Yes. <laughs> um <laughs> So really, that's the first thing that's so funny, right? All the things that we always think are important have suddenly become not important this year. Yes. And, and some of the things that we thought, you know, were nice to have were required to maintain sanity. Yes, that is that is true. <laughs> are you talking about beer? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> that, that is the first one on my list, but we'll get there. <laughs> Um, so I didn't come as prepared, which is, should be no surprise to anyone. Um, usually we have notes for our shows, right? Back in the day, we used to do this. <laughs> and so we'd have our resolutions all lined out and we would have gone back and looked at, looked at our notes and checked them off or not. And then we would have gone over them and, um, we didn't make notes for last year's show. So John diligently listened to his resolutions, and I said, oh, I hate the way my voice sounds on tape. <laughs> and I didn't. Um, <laughs> which, which goes back to something that you did say that I heard about editing the show, but we'll get there, too. <laughs> yeah, we will, I'm sure. <laughs> this might be our last show. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, it, yeah, so it's really funny that last year's show was an hour and... 15 minutes and it started with me saying man i'm so sick of these 2020 vision jokes <laughs> which seems really funny now and also it showed you know what promise we did think that 2020 held if we talked for an hour and 15 minutes about what awesome things we were going to do this last year <laughs> though i i did hear a very positive outlook on 2020 of somebody said yeah a lot of bad things have happened but 
they said, I've been personally lucky. And they listed off some good things that had happened to them. And they said, lots of other stuff's happened, mm-hmm. but I'm going to take those good things and call it a win. Yeah. Okay, that's a good way to look at it. I, I absolutely agree. I think there are a lot of amazing things that happened this last year that could have only happened in the pandemic setting. And some of them we've already talked about on the show. Um, things like, you know, the reduced emissions from no one commuting and how quickly the atmosphere rebounded from that constant pollution. And I hope that's not something that we just forget about in our efforts or our want to like get out of our houses. I hope that's something that like business takes a look at and we can take a look at and say things like, you know what, maybe we really can work from home more. You know, maybe there is no, not no purpose, but maybe these benefits for the planet might outweigh things like having all these insurance agents that are on the phone all day anyway in one place downtown, you know, stuff like that. Um, And so it was really cool to have this drastic reset of things. I mean, all the other horribleness aside, like that's one positive I think that came out of, out of this super weird year. Absolutely. And like you said, there've been lots of horrible things, uh, but we're going to mostly talk about the things that we liked about 2020 yeah. because everybody's had enough of the horrible. Yeah, and that's, yes, yes, that is so true. Um, yeah, so that's, that's one of the things I liked. I thought that was a very interesting, um, a very interesting outcome. And I definitely did a lot of web surfing of photos of, you know, these places. And I know we talked about this. Um, many times because I was pretty obsessed with this and satellite photos showing land that's generally obscured by when I lived in Denver, we called it the brown cloud, you know, (laughs) and it's, that was a really cool thing. I hope that we start to rethink how we do business because of that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've got three from last year that I wanted to quickly Uh, go over and bounce back to, I think you had a couple that you jotted down from last Mm -hmm. year as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So the first one was brew beer. (laughs) You've definitely done that. Check. We have brewed (laughs) six or seven five-gallon batches this year. Man, And uh, we now have a keezer, so. Wow. All right. Um, Home built, of course, but yes. yes. (laughs) We, uh, this year we're getting off the, the recipe kits and, going out on our own so oh man that's a that's a fast turnaround right there do you have time for an entirely new business <laughs> <laughs> no no not selling beer for anybody listening <laughs> atf we are not selling <laughs> <laughs> uh you just got that donate main name just in case <laughs> it's not for distribution <laughs> 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 yes. So that's, uh, yeah, one one of them from last year that I can put a, a green check mark by. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Let's just go through all of yours since mine are so tiny. <laughs> okay. Uh, one of them, which a lot of the others last year were related to, was to grow my business and grow the podcast. <laughs> uh-huh. Considering that, you know, there have been many weeks where we've barely been able to speak to each other. <laughs> I think you definitely grew your business. Yeah, I'm going to say that I'm going to put one of those horizontal yellow lines by that. (laughs) Great. Of things happened, not the things that I planned on happening, but things Mm -hmm. happened. 
and we are larger. Uh, last year when we recorded, I had one 10-hour-a-week intern, and at one point this year, we had four 40-hour people, including myself. Yeah, there you go. Uh, we're down to three, but we are still quite busy. So I'm going to say that uh, we grew, not in all the ways that I thought we were going to grow, but we grew. So, okay, maybe we'll even give that a check mark too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think it should get a check mark for sure. I mean, you're uh, not, you know, you're like a weather forecasting model. You couldn't tell exactly how it would happen. <laughs> I like that. Next time somebody says, I'm going to say, what am I, a model? <laughs> I can't wait to hear the responses from that, depending on what am I talking about? All the people that we know would know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yep. Yep, they would. <laughs> That's not like a general public. Uh... Well, and nobody wonders about if I'm asking about the other kind of model. Exactly. That's a, good... that's a pointless question. <laughs> Oh, no, but you're more likely going to get, well, what are you? The (laughs) the European or the, you know, (laughs) what GCM are you? Okay. Never mind. Nerd, nerd, nerd jokes. (laughs) Right. So, Um, uh, and the last one, which was related to that, uh, which again, I'm not sure it's somewhere between a neutral and a check mark is to delegate and systematize things. Mm-hmm. And I know this was one that we shared of being able to let go of <sighs> some tasks to have okay. them performed by others and say, you know, it's not how I would have done it, but it's done mm-hmm. and it's fine. And, and I'm not going to freak out about it. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you think you did on that? Because I, well, go ahead. Well, I mean, that's one thing by having employees, I've definitely had to delegate tasks otherwise they would sit there watching me work all day <laughs> awkward <laughs> which doesn't make any money <laughs> uh so i've had to get better at it uh, i'm not going to say it's been perfect because it has resulted in some cases of i say you know please do x y and something comes back and mm-hmm. i see how they got there from what i said <laughs> but it's not what i meant <laughs> which isn't and always we, their fault which no no it's not i've learned a lot about communication this year mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. because yeah there's been there has been rework yeah um but it's it's getting there and as far as systematizing things i think last year we had a very infant baby inventory system mm-hmm. that would like keep track of some like like you know i could say do we have any resistors of this value this size and where are they because i had all the bags in an alpha or a numerical order mm-hmm. uh, that has grown quite a bit so we have over a thousand tracked items in inventory oh nice and there are sub items and you can take bills of materials and say, I want to build 12 of these. And it tells you, this is what you have. This is what you need to order. And here's the purchase order to go do it. Nice. Um, that's all a custom built system that we call Wayne. <laughs> because if you're looking for something, the answer is generally it's Wayne to back. So. Oh man. Uh, there's a good segue for lever, right? But <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> we're not ready for the fun paper yet. So, <laughs> yeah so um that's that, that's what i would say we've we've come forward quite a bit last year we were using a wiki uh, i know a lot of companies love those it didn't click 
for us as much. Hmm. Okay. I liked the wiki structure very much. Mm-hmm. Nobody under 35 likes the wiki structure. <laughs> oh, man. And I'm going to say, I'm not sure where the cutoff is, but there's also an upper cutoff on that to the can't handle the somewhat unstructured nature of the uh, wiki. Mm-hmm. So okay. there is about a 10 or 15 year age range that everybody would have to be in for this system to work. <laughs> and since we're not a Silicon Valley startup, uh-huh. we don't have that. That's very interesting. I've run into that a lot now, too. That's, uh, that's what getting older does for you. <laughs> yeah. So it's been, <clears throat> you know, we, we do have a lot of Google Docs and shared docs and that sort of thing. And, uh the inventory system is getting to where it can link to some of those. So like, okay, here's the product and, you know, click this link to pull up the Google slideshow on how to build it. Uh, so we're getting there, but uh, I'm sure there's more development to go in that. And there's a lot of things I want to do the inventory system because in the end I want it to be the system. Right. Mm-hmm. Though very specific to our business. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, but it, we did. I did spend a lot of time a couple weekends ago. Uh, it auto-generates barcodes now and spits them out of a thermal printer. So when a product, like when something comes in, you just say, I've got it, and it spits out a barcode <sighs> with our part number and everything on it. You slap it on. And then uh, one of our guys built these little touchscreen kiosks with barcode scanners and tin keys <gasps> that are around That's... the shop. So you can just, if you grab a bag, you scan it, how many you took and it's done. Okay. I want to call you out on, you didn't do that to be organized. You did that because that is so much fun. <laughs> Both. <laughs> I also that... did it because you get really tired of finding like, everybody's had that experience of you, you need a screw or a bolt or something. And you go to the hardware store and you get a box and you come home and you, you, you do whatever you need and you go to put it up and you put it right on top of another box at the same thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Which is great when you do it every now and then, but when you have multiple people that don't all know where it goes to start with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and instead of a dollar and a half box of number four screws, uh, it's $500 tray of microprocessors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you only got to make that mistake a couple times to exactly to code up your own system. <laughs> um, that's cool. And in true me fashion, you know, I looked at a lot of systems that are out there. None of them do what we need, so of course yeah, we just did just it ourselves. Sat down and did it yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, so, that's maybe that means we draw a line by delegate of <laughs> room for improvement. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Um, I will say on my delegating landscape, I I did get better. I um, and this probably goes. It definitely goes to one of my resolutions in the past um, three years or something. So I submitted a a big old grant where I was the PI on it, um, and I didn't get it. Like most people, don't get them their first time. Um, but I will say my feedback was very encouraging. I should have resubmitted this year. I'm going to wait till next year. Um, but I had to delegate and just like 
that was scary. <laughs> because like you, I want my fingers on all of it. I want to write it. I want to, you know, and um, I just didn't have time. We didn't have time to do that. And it wasn't, you know, a good use of my time. And so I had to be like, all right, I trust you. Write this section. Give it to me. I'll stick it where it goes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, we did it. It was great. There was, you know, four um, four of us were the main sort of team, but there was um, seven of us working on it. And yeah, it was real scary. I had to run meetings and I just had to say that stuff. I'd be like, I don't know as much about this as you. I need you to do this. Yeah. Yep. And so, like I said, the feedback was actually super good. And so I was very happy with my, you know, rejection. And maybe it took me six years of my job to to be more aware that, like, everyone fails at these things. Absolutely everyone does. And it's not that big a deal. And the fact that my feedback was so good and encouraging to reapply made that, you know, $400,000 loss not so bad. Yeah. So, yeah. I And it was funny because I wasn't slated to be the one in charge of it. And it just turned out that I just took over. And the person in charge was like, you should be in charge of this. Why am I doing this? <laughs> and I said, oh, great. That's wonderful. And <laughs> I'll, I'll put on my big girl pants and... <laughs> And do this, um, and it was good. I didn't have I didn't have grad students this year. I'm going to in the fall. Um, so delegation in terms of like my students didn't really work out because I didn't have any to delegate anything to. But definitely with my colleagues, it worked really well, um, and I was very proud of myself for that. So I get a check mark for delegation. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now. One of your resolutions was the namesake of last year's show. <laughs> God, do we have to talk about that one yet? <laughs> <laughs> um, let me do one more success first before we go. Uh, okay, that. okay. <laughs> um, so every year I'm like, I'm going to publish a paper. I'm going to submit a paper. Meh, meh, meh. Um, <laughs> so my academic job, I'm not on the tenure track. I am a renewable term professor. Um, and my term is five years, so it's quite long. So I don't have the publishing pressures because I'm primarily a teaching professor, although 20% of my job is still research. Um, So when I say, you know, I didn't like publish a bunch of papers, it's not like most academics that would say that, you know. But this year, even though I wasn't the first author, my student was the second author and I'm down there too, but it was our work Um, and we got accepted to geology a month ago. So yay. Yay. So not a not a first author publication, but definitely a bunch of stuff that I wrote. And like I said, my student's the second author on it. So um I'm gonna count that as a win too. <laughs> and what was it on? Uh so this is looking at the um it's a the title is something like a new age estimate for integration of the Colorado, the lower Colorado River. And so it was some magnetostratigraphy work that we did in conjunction with our USGS colleagues uh, in the Flagstaff office. Um, Ryan Crow, Dr. Ryan Crow, was the the head guy, getting all of us rounded up. And it's looking at um, the age of arrival of the Colorado River in its basin as it goes down, because it turns out it's actually quite controversial um, when river sediments versus estuary sediments were deposited and um, we had a big field campaign right before 
well, I guess it was the end of January in 2020. So that was my last field work was almost a year ago, which is terrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so that's a bunch of the work that we previously did before went into that paper on that. So nice. Yeah, it was super great. So it's a bunch of magnetostratigraphy stuff, which is actually what one of my new graduate students will be working on all the data that we collected in January. Um, continuing that magnetostratigraphic story of arrival of the Colorado River sediments as you come down from the Grand Canyon down into um, the Salton Sea and all that down there where it meets the actual, um, where it makes the actual ocean. So, yep. Nice. Okay, cool. So now we can talk about my crushing defeats. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Well, so I think what uh, what I was encouraging you to do was to declare email bankruptcy, archive it all, because one, search is good, and two, if somebody really needs something, they'll email you again at this point. Oh, I'm going to fight and back. I hate the Outlook search function. It's actually really crappy when they updated it, but anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I don't use Outlook, but... Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so, and, and you said you were going to do this, but... Uh, from our little pre-show discussion, I, I don't think you could bring yourself to. I can't do it. So I did it with my Gmail. I archived my personal email. I went through and I set up a few little rules. So I sat down and I learned how to, you know, write up very specific rules for some of my stuff. So I got... Everything to, um, like I went back, you know, a couple hundred emails and I don't know how many I had archived or, I mean, I had that were in my inbox, probably upwards of five or 6,000. And yeah, (laughs) I deleted all the crap out of there and then I archived the rest of my Gmail. So I did it in my personal email. So it's not a crushing defeat then. It's not a crushing defeat, but also, I mean, that was just, I don't know. It's just my personal email. (laughs) Um, So what I did, I did go through and do to try to keep up with it is that I made, you know, a tab for these specific things that I read, like, you know, my New York Times parenting or whatever. Stuff like that goes into this one bin so it's out of my inbox right and so I've gotten things out of my inbox so that's a that's a plus but it's actually gotten worse you know the more crap you buy online um (laughs) the more crap emails you get so I've I've lost control of it a little bit I have I have 400 in my inbox right now my personal inbox so it's lost a little bit of control, but also I know that, you know, I did hit that archive button and it was so scary, but awesome. So I can do that again. I can clean that one up fast. Now my work yeah. email <laughs> is another story. Well, what, what makes the work email so uh, sacred? I oh, oh, God, it's just scary. Like, um, I think the thing is that when I sit down to like, um, when I say... I don't have any reason to, but I'm going to sit down and look at my email. So not because I'm waiting on an email or it's just like my daily morning checking of my email. It's like, you know, a Tuesday afternoon and I'm like, I'm just going to get rid of some of these emails and I'll go back and find stuff that's like a month or two old that I need to address. 
And so I'm too scared to do it because I don't want to miss it, I guess. But are those month or two old things? <sighs> and nothing that I have that's a month old is still relevant. Like, people have moved on. I'm in academia. Of course, it's still fine. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the real answer is there's not an answer. Like, you're right. I need to do it. So I pulled it up, and I have 3,067 unread messages in my inbox. <laughs> Unread messages. Archive everything older than two weeks. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you know, that would be hilarious to do that, like, live on the air. Or even a month, because then you still have that month window. Oh, man. I don't know how I could do that. Hmm. Maybe I should archive everything from 19, Yeah, I think a year is enough. That's probably a good idea. <laughs> you think I won't get back to it? I actually did that, and I feel terrible. I had, an, I had a year old. I did it twice. I had two one-year-old emails that I responded to. And the one guy was asking me for a bunch of, um, like, a bunch of information on my native science stuff, like lesson plans and everything. And I was like, I see this email. This is ridiculous. I know it's a year old. I'll get back to you. And I feel terrible. I never did. I feel like I should still email him again and be like, this is terrible, buddy. <laughs> and then I had another one that um, fell through the cracks when I had my daughter. And it was from the um, Canyon City Geology Club. So I teach in Canyon City every summer. And the Geology Club had emailed me. And they emailed me the year I wasn't there. And they were like, hey, we got your email from the people running your camp. Get back with us. We want to meet up with you. And it was. It was a year later. I was like, okay, I'm coming back out. And we met up and we formed like great relationships and whatever. So see. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to say that I have not done as well this year as I normally do in terms of my organization. Like I have fallen off the getting things done bandwagon some. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, it, it happens. Yeah. And um, especially in this year, like, I'm not trying to do this to say, you know, shame on you because. Because uh, <laughs> I don't feel man, shame. Ev <laughs> everybody's, there's nobody that's perfect at it, for sure. Um, and that's what we'll get to that in this year's resolutions. <laughs> it's so funny, though, because you and um, one of my good friends that also works at OU, but that I grew up with, um, have, she, you and her have the same sort of exact like email mentality. And it's so funny because I remember she and I talked about this a lot when you were like, just do it. And I'm like, isn't that crazy? She's like, no, just do it. She's like, give me your computer. You want me to do it for you? I'll do it right now. Yep. <laughs> and, it's like, and she was like, no, zero inbox. At the end of the day, you shouldn't have anything in there. And I'm like, <gasps> and she was all over me. It was so funny. It was just like a, an in-person version of you. And so, um, She's coming Does over. Does she listen to the podcast? Uh, no, but she is coming over tomorrow. So I'm going to tell her <laughs> that because obviously it'll be before this comes out. Um, I'm going to tell her we had this conversation again and I, I might let her do it. I'll say uh, compromise, <laughs> you know, go, go for three or four months of backlog. Archive <clears throat> everything else. Okay. I'll give you six months. Okay. We'll settle on six. Okay. <laughs> Oh my gosh. 
Okay, I'll give you her, um, I'll give you your phone number after this so you can text her to make sure this happens. <laughs> Accountability. Uh-huh, exactly. Oh, man. Um, so that's real scary. But um, I think it was good. Like, I remember the feeling when my personal inbox was like that. It was super great. I will say. Number one, because I could see the cool picture in the background of my Gmail. Yeah. <laughs> And just also like, oh, yeah, you're right. I I maybe dipped into the archive twice, you know. And even then, that was stuff that I probably could have gathered that information from somewhere else if I needed to. So I use the archive every day. Like, all the time, I'm like, somebody sent me a graph, of the, and I, you know, like, with attachment from so-and-so, boom. Okay, I think it was about this time last year. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Okay, three options. Open, open, open. There it is. It's just about that quick. Okay. So I did try to make, I've tried this a bunch. This goes along with one of my resolutions. So we can, we can discuss this, I guess, when we go into this year's resolutions, I guess. Okay. I'll table that till we're ready. All right. Well, are you ready? I am ready. (laughs) Okay. So there's no time like the present, which is going to be a theme. So... uh, Shannon, what are what are you going to start off uh, 2021 with? Um, okay. So this last year, and as you know, if all of you have listened to this for any length of time, we're both sort of nerds about productivity, right? Um, and I've always had a paper planner, which John mercilessly mocks me for. Oh, I tried it last year, and it lasted four days. Anyway, <laughs> okay. continue. So I made that just made me double down on mine. Um, so I'm really I'm really good at using it, but I did notice that I was missing some things, and I missed one meeting that I should have been to, and it freaked me out. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna have to figure this out. Um, so what I doubled down on is that every morning I open my planner, or the night before. Every night I open my planner to see what the next morning is. But a thing that I tried to do a lot of this year was that I'm very specific with my planner. So I need a planner that has a full month layout and then a page for each week. So each day has an empty space. And there's all these things, you know, smart goals, those things, you know. Oh, yeah. Measurable, blah, blah, blah. So what I said to myself was I'm going to put three things per day that are achievable that day. So not long-term goals, but three things per day. And it could be something as silly as, you know, um, make sure to mail that bill. We don't mail bills anymore, but, (laughs) you know, return library book. Okay? Like, that should just... There are are paper ones still? Hey, sometimes I like to feel actual paper and remember. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've crossed reading off my list. I've mastered that, but... We can talk about that too. So anyway, so I said, I'm going to write three things every day um, and do them. And while I didn't do that every day, I got really a lot better at it. And so those things that I'm always afraid I'm going to miss, like they could get migrated to the next day. And I'd be like, gosh, I just have to do this and get it off my three thing per day list. Um, So yeah, so I'm going to continue that. I'm going to try to keep doing that because I'm definitely in the needs improvement category on it. But I think I'm honing in on like the thing that makes me the most productive. And that's one of that. And what I was saying just a minute ago is I tried to do that with my email. I made these little inbox um, f- subfolders that were called like today, this week and this month. And I thought that would help me get to the zero email thing. 
but I don't know how much I like it. It hasn't caught on yet, and I would be interested to hear what you have to say about that. I would say no. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, you should have one... At the end of the day, you've got one system that's tracking what you need to do. Your uh, inbox. Your inbox. Okay. And your inbox needs to be zeroed. But... Yeah. That... Yeah. I don't know. There, I used to do, when I was in grad school, and I don't know why I fell away from this exactly. Maybe it's because I'm more scattered now. But I had a similar thing of, uh, I call it 135. Mm-hmm. And so I had one big thing to do that day. And it was like a big task, you know, hours to do. Uh, and then I had three medium things, which were less than an hour to do. And then I had five small things that were like mail a bill. Gotcha. Or respond to this email. And my rule was, and I did it throughout all of grad school, if it went on the list, it only got off by being done. Mm-hmm. So if it went on the list once and I was avoiding it, it was there the next day. And if I ah. avoided it, it was there the next day. The only way to get something off the list was for it to be done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if there's, and you can only do the tasks on your list. If you do everything on your list, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. But if there's something unchecked on the list, you got to do it. I see. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that works for me. That's really good. Why have we not talked about that before? You could have saved me like three years right there, John. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could do one, three, five. I think that's too. That's too much for me. Like I need. I think my three is the way to go, but it is really annoying. Like I, I have this, I've got this planner, right? And so I've got a little uh, paper clip that's like clipped to the month and then the week of the month that it's in. So if you have to keep migrating that stuff, it's just really annoying. You have to keep taking the paper clip out looking and it's, it forces me to do it. That's, a, that's great. Well, and the, the reason that I did the one, three, five was because if you only had like, you know, a task can be something that's going to take you a day. And so mm-hmm. it was demotivating for me if I had one of those tasks to, at the end of the day, cross one thing off my list. Ah, yeah, I gotcha. Whereas some days I could give myself 20 items and cross all of them off by noon mm-hmm. because yeah. they were all 20-minute things. Right. Uh, or less. So... I sort of did that. The other thing that uh, Adam Savage does, which I thought was kind of cool and have adopted somewhat now, is uh, putting a box by a task. And so it's either halfway filled in, like diagonally, if it's partway done, or all the way filled in. Mm-hmm. And he said he does that because when you cross it out, it becomes harder to read, whereas the filled in boxes, mm-hmm. you can still see what you did. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, that's that's part of my bullet journal. So that's... That's been in my, my lexicon for a while. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I do with my three things in my, in my planner. That's the way to go. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. What's your first, first one for the new year? Well, I have one for the whole year. Period. Period. That's your only resolution. Yes. And it has sub things that are things <laughs> I'm going to do to make it happen. <laughs> oh man so okay but All it right. is like a theme for the year oh my goodness oh this makes me feel bad about like my bunch of things okay go ahead okay so the theme mm-hmm. 
is confidence, decision-making, and reaction. I love it because I feel like no one would say that you lack confidence or decision-making. But I will. I'll say yeah. it right now. <laughs> I that's it's very it's very interesting to hear. Okay, I mean reaction. I don't know. We don't play, you know, thumb wars very often, so I don't know. But <laughs> it's true. We haven't seen each other since I think November yeah, last year. God, God that's ridiculous. <clears throat> okay. Uh, so yeah, that's I have sub things under that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in reaction, I don't mean being reactive in the sense of like I'm gonna you know fight fires all day like this came up i'm gonna react to that this came up i'm gonna react no. god no that's the that's the wrong way to go <laughs> yes um reactive meaning more of uh i won't i can't necessarily change a situation and i can't change it by debating how i'm going to handle it mm-hmm. because of the nature of that situation let's say uh, so my only option at that point is to react to the situation and handle it in some way. You just need to handle it. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether it's the best path or the most efficient or the whatever, just handle it. Right. And that is where I think uh, a long time in academia did me some disservice. <laughs> that's um, that's true. You should have been in administration and then then you would have had to do that. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, because I will, I will overanalyze significantly. So that's that's what's under underpinning reaction. Mm-hmm. And when you have all the time in the world to overanalyze, you just keep doing it. So yeah, I understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the first sub thing under that is going to be uh, spend no time reflecting on made decisions. Ooh, that's good. Because once the decision's made. Like, you know, last year, it was funny, last year in the show, I was like, well, we've bought a lot of equipment this year, and we're trying to keep it all busy. And then I look back at that, and I'm like, well, that was adorable. <laughs> uh, because we are we are out of space in our shop now. <laughs> oh, that's uh, awesome. <laughs> but there are a lot of, you know, I would make a decision to buy, buy a piece of equipment. And, well, first, I would overanalyze it. <laughs> and spend way too long on it when in the end what i was going to do in the first place was probably what i did anyway mm-hmm. uh, and then after making that decision so after cutting the check lay there at night going was that the right decision when that, that is absolutely immaterial because it has been made and we're going to have to deal with it mm-hmm. yes yep absolutely that's funny and uh, some of those decisions would have benefited from I'm not, not even the lack of overanalyzing, just, uh, you know, one example is one of the machines we bought this year was to do component placement on circuit boards. Mm-hmm. And we had one that was slow and not super reliable. And I really debated, do we spend the money to upgrade? Do we spend the money to upgrade? And ended up getting a pretty large job, doing it on the old machine, spending 12 hours a day for several days straight up there babysitting it. Mm-hmm. After which point, going, this, this cannot abide. <laughs> uh, and then buying the new machine anyway. Uh, yeah. So if I'd made that decision earlier uh, and just lived with it, I'm not. I'm not advocating for making irresponsible decisions. But, yes, correct. But um, 
you can't making make a decision, decision in a timely way. Yeah, you can't make every decision predicated on five days of you know thinking out all the scenarios. Right. No, it needs to be. I'm going to spend however many minutes I need to, or hours even. Like uh, there are different scales here. If it's I'm going to go buy a thirty dollar hand tool, or I'm going to go buy a twenty thousand dollar yes machine. Like th- there are different scales, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So no, make decisions promptly and. Uh, once they're made, uh, no reflection, just forward-looking. That's, um, yeah, that's excellent advice for all points of your life, really. <laughs> yeah, so what about you? Um, one of my things, so I'm going to keep up with that, my planner, um, one thing that I'm going to say is that I am going to work at home one day a week. Okay. Yeah. Um, been stuck working at home, right? Which isn't terribly difficult for my job. I mean, it is difficult, like, with children running around, um, for sure. <laughs> but um, I struggle a lot with people... Because I'm a talker and I'm a people person, you know, even when my door is shut at my office, if someone knocks on it, I still generally answer it, right? And I get sucked into those, mostly the lab minutia of, hey, you're the only one that knows how to do this and I need this done. (laughs) And so I think one day a week, I'm just going to stay at home. And that's going to be sort of my, my email day, you know, or, you know, working on, um, it, it, anything. I could do anything from home as long as I got my computer and I have a pretty awesome work at home setup now. Um, yeah. And I think I'm going to do that to try to get rid of those distractions. And it's like, I know I, I do need to handle those anyway. Like I need to say, Hey, I don't have time for this right now. Um, but also, I've found that hard to do my entire working and grad school life. I've just found it hard to do. And so when there aren't distractions because I'm at home, I think I'll get more done. So are you going to set aside a day and it is the sacred day and thou shall book no meetings? Or is it going to be a different day every week? Um, I, it's going to be a sacred day. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, it'll change semesterly. But I think this is something I want to like keep up forever um in the fall i teach on tuesday and thursday so all my classes are tuesday thursday so i can basically pick any day (laughs) Um, right yeah yeah i think that's what i'm gonna do and i love that like with the advent of everyone being able to use zoom now we were um told to have zoom office hours not to have in-person office hours and it was amazing (laughs) Nice. And I think I might even make like my office hours during that stay at home day because I just have Zoom on and people just flicker in and out as they needed stuff. And it was great. So, um, yeah, every semester, I think I'm from now on, I'm going to have this one sacred stay at home day and we'll see how it goes. Well, that's great because responding to email is one of those things that you can get interrupted and it's not a big deal. Right. Yeah. And correct. Whereas if you're like, I am working on my next publication in geology, <laughs> uh, yeah. and somebody flickers <laughs> in and goes, what numbers did we need to do for this week's? 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's like I um the the reason that I haven't done this before is that I live, you know, 20 minutes away from my job and like where my kid goes to daycare. And so it's like I've always sort of been like, well, if I'm going to have to drop my kid off at daycare, might as well just go into the office, you know, as opposed to like coming back home. Um you know, all the stuff I was talking about, not commuting and everything. <laughs> but right. just like the time that I lose with people jibber jabbering at me or me doing it to them, it's not their fault. I let them and I also like to talk. Um, so, yeah. So that's that's a big one to me. That one I set uh, a, a month or so ago. I was like, you know what? This is what I'm doing for this next year. So I yeah. like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it'll be really good for me. So, yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. You got anything else in your subcategories? Oh yeah, okay. no, I've got I've got subcategories here. Uh, let's see. <laughs> well, one that you know about, and a couple of other people know about. And I'm gonna say it's a goal that is reinforcing this. Mm-hmm. Is uh, I'm going to get my private pilot license this year. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm I'm a little over halfway through. I have soloed now. Uh, but it is a one of those situations where, and it has been the hardest thing for me to deal with in it is you don't have time to think about what do I need to do? I could do this or this. <laughs> you know, you're you're in a life or death situation and yeah. you have to just react to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. This has been super fun to hear about. And um, yeah, I can't wait for you to just come to Westheimer and pick me up. So, <laughs> and, and there have been some interesting... So I put a GoPro in when we're flying in the cockpit. Mm-hmm. And there have been some really interesting uh, moments of <laughs> like something would happen, and I would try to process what just happened. Like we bounce on a landing, mm-hmm. and so I am trying to process that. And you can see on the video, I stop all motion, <laughs> like a cyborg. <laughs> And you can see the steam coming out the air, the little spinning wheel above my head. You can see for two or three seconds, just Uh. intense processing. And in that two or three seconds, we go wham into the ground. And my flight instructor slaps me and says, what were you doing? (laughs) Didn't you see the spinning wheel? Jeez. (laughs) Oh, I love it. That's so great. So that is is one of the ways of... uh, making sure that I can be decisive <laughs> and confident because uh, you're not going to get in an airplane by yourself and take off unless you're sure you can land. Oh, that's super scary. Um, <laughs> that's great, though. That's great because, you know, there's probably 50 ways you can make that decision and come out okay. So I mean, you, you, know, you they don't say... need to optimize, right? <laughs> Well, again, yeah, there's the old joke of like a good landing is one you can walk away from and a great landing is one in which the plane's reusable. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that one. That's great. <laughs> um, I have a, as we've talked about numerous times, I have a very strong flight aversion. And I always thought that um, it, learning how to fly would, would help me get over it. I, I, will, I will preface this with... I've done a lot of things over the years. Been a deckhand on a boat. Went to grad school at Penn State. Got my PhD. Uh, I would probably say this is the most challenging thing I've ever done. 
That's awesome. So I, I would put it up there. There's, there's a lot of book work, but there's also a lot of just building muscle memory. And there's a whole section of all of this called ADM, aeronautical decision-making. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is literally a framework for this is how you make solid decisions based on information. That's now. cool. Because you don't have the option to sit there and analyze it. You know, if we were both forecasters, it'd probably be a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, because this is stuff that they have to do too. And it's also reinforcing, so I'll, I'll blend in two subs here, which one is to, uh, to focus on a task and stop task switching so much. Uh, mm-hmm. I got really bad about that this year, especially with employees who would have a question. Like you said, somebody comes into your mm-hmm. office, you know, hey, how do I, can you show me this? Where's this? Yeah. Uh, not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but, and also, you know, the phone rings. I pick yes. up the phone. It's a customer says, I'm having a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I need a quote on this because... Uh, as we had happened earlier this year, somebody said, uh, my proposal's due in like 12 hours. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I need a quote on this, which is fine. And we're happy to do it. But suddenly I have to focus on that. Right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, and when, when you're flying, like that's, you're not thinking about what you're going to have for dinner that night. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you probably are once you get to a certain point. I mean, there's always something to do, um, which is one thing that I've appreciated about it. Like, no matter, even if you're just flying straight and level, going somewhere for three hours, like, there's always something to do. Something mm-hmm. to adjust, something to calibrate, something to cross-check, check your navigation, look on a chart, play with the mixture. Yeah, there's always something that needs <laughs> fiddling with. My buddy that's a pilot says he reads a lot of books and does a lot of crosswords, so. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, oh, cool, like, when you're waiting, he's like, no, when I'm flying. I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, probably one of those fancy planes. Uh, no, it's, a, it's, well, yeah, probably fancier than the one you're using, that's for sure. <laughs> so. <laughs> that's yes. Pretty, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, we're in, we're in a very, you know, all analog 60s vintage plane so a bird (laughs) (laughs) um i think this is what my like three goals do is to keep me from that task glitching which i love that phrase because that's fantastic so mm -hmm. yes like get those three things done then whatever um i really only have two more um so one of them is to learn how to use a piece of software really well. I've been making this list in my bullet journal of like software that I think is useful to me. Right. And that's hard because stuff changes all the time. Right. But software that I think is useful and that I think the task of learning will be useful. And so I want to learn a piece of software really, really well. And then I'm going to learn the next one. And then I'm going to learn the next one. So the so. first one is clearly Microsoft Excel, right? Obviously. <laughs> I don't know. I got a pretty big CSV file. I think I'll use Access. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the first one I'm going to do is G-plates. 
because they've added a bunch of stuff onto G plates, which is this sort of, um, it's a plate reconstruction software. It's paleomagnetic stuff. Um, but they've added a bunch of add-ons to it. And I think that is something that I would benefit from knowing better than I do. Like I know how to use it, but also I'd like to sort of like know it inside out sort of thing. You want to be a power user. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that's probably important. Um, It's either that or mm, the software that goes along with the SEM that we have. I might do that one first. I haven't quite decided. So what's your strategy going to be? Because there are different there are different schools of thought. There's oh. the click it and see what happens. <laughs> and then there's the read the whole manual. I am I am very much a a reading the manual type of person. Like okay. I don't want to say visual because it's not the pictures, it's the text that does it for me. Um and I don't, I feel like what I do now is just clicking the buttons and seeing what happens. And so now I think I need to dive a little bit deeper into that because I know the buttons I need to click to do the things that I need it to do, but I want to get into, you know, why. So I, we changed the helium this year on the magnetometer, which is always super stressful. And this year I sat down and I made a very concerted effort to read about it and also to like know exactly why I'm doing each step. So I've done this 10, 15 times before but I've never sort of understood why and so now I feel like after working with you and also working with um our guys out in California that it just I know that machine now I know why we do what we do it's not scary anymore (laughs) and I know you know like what it's supposed to be doing and I just there's so much stuff that people just students especially just use that top layer on and while, like, sometimes you have to, like, because you can't put that much effort into it, it's so much more incredibly rewarding to know why it's doing the things that it does. Right. So, so that's what I'm going to try to do. I like it. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm going to be calling you a lot on most of it, but that's okay. <laughs> I don't know it. <laughs> I don't know either of those pieces of software. I know. Just the software in general, though. <laughs> So we'll see. And plus, you know, if I ever get fired, I hear that, you know, people need people to write software a lot. So there you go. <laughs> I want to keep that in my pocket. <clears throat> so, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's see. I'm probably going to kick a few of these subs off because they're not super important to the main goal. Um, but one of them is going to be to get back on the getting things done GTD method bandwagon. Okay. Uh, especially in the two-minute rule. Okay. So what's that for people that don't know? So the two-minute rule is if there's something that needs to be done and it's going to take two minutes or less, you just do it right now. You don't put it on a list because by the time mm-hmm. you put it on a list and track it and forward it to the next day, and it's going to take longer than it would have to just do it. Mm-hmm. And you can adjust that threshold, you know, if you're really busy between meetings, you can make it the 30-second rule. Or if you're sitting there Saturday afternoon with an hour and a half while your kid's at swim practice, Mm -hmm. you can make it the five-minute rule. Yeah. Um, I like that. But I've been bad about letting some stuff sit because Mm -hmm. I didn't want to deal with it. (laughs) Uh, Calling a customer back 
on a particular thing that I knew they weren't going to like. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily our fault. It's just, it's one of those things where it's like, well, we found what's wrong and... Yeah. Ouch. Uh, <laughs> you know, delivering bad news. And so I let that that note to make that phone call sit there for three or four days. Right. All that time, it's, it's stressing you out. And uh, in the end, you make the call. And so far, most of the time, it's been... I don't, you know, they're disappointed in that news, but the messenger was not shot. Yes, it's not as bad as you thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. and I would say probably only once in the entire year have uh, I made a phone call and had a reaction where I hung up the phone and went, what just happened? Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but how many of those sticky notes did you let sit around, right? So that's a pretty exactly. good... Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty um, good return. And David Allen, so I'm rereading Getting Things Done right now. Mm-hmm. And one of the, so last weekend was a holiday weekend, right? Mm-hmm. So I went up to the shop by myself and I had been feeling a lot of disconnection on, okay, we got all these things going on simultaneously and I'm not sure which one I need to be doing right now. Right. And he's got a lot to say about being able to know what, you know, be sure that you're working on what you need to be doing right now mm-hmm. because you can't be doing two things at once. So stop wishing you could like, mm-hmm. yes. you know, decide which one you need to do and do it. Uh, and what he suggests is you get a stack of blank paper, just plain printer paper and write down, if something comes into your mind, write it on it. It could be, you know, like buy lasagna noodles that gets its own sheet of paper. Uh, write science paper gets its own sheet of paper. Like anything that pops into your mind. Mm. And if you then need to fill out some more detail on that, you've got room to. But it's not a list. It's not one piece of paper that puts get lasagna noodles and write a science paper on the same level. Okay. Interesting. So I did this. And he says, you know, you should have an inbox, physical inbox, which I do. And uh, so I would say by the time I, I was up there for probably four or five hours. And I had a stack of paper about three quarters of an inch tall. Maybe a little more. When I was done. And then I went through and started doing some sorting and said, okay, this, you know, I need to do these three things. This, oh, I can order that on Amazon right now and it will be here Tuesday and that problem is solved. Throw it away. I just ordered it. Uh, Or like, okay, well, one of them was, I need new tires on my truck and I've been putting it off. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, next action. What is the next thing I need to do? I need to research tires. Because... The dealer wants to put the same tires on, and the tires I had only lasted 20, 24, 25,000 miles. Ooh. I don't want those. Yeah, not okay. Uh, yeah. So I need to research tires. That's that's step one. Uh, so put that down. Well, well, great. I'm sitting here watching Stargate at 930 at night because that's all <laughs> I have the brain horsepower left to do. <laughs> but guess what? I look and I say, hey, I've got my iPad. I can go read about tires for this truck. Uh, so I spent a long time doing that. I, 
captured everything that was in my current task tracking system onto those pieces of paper. I pulled it out of the task tracker. And when I was done, the task tracker had zero things in it. Mm. And then we went back in, in a way that made me evaluate everything of, hey, I've had this project sitting here in my someday maybe for three and a half years. Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I think a while back, maybe several resolution shows ago, I said I was going to learn how to write apps like for the iphone oh yeah uh-huh and then the next year i said i no, i didn't even get close uh i looked at that and said you know if i ever need to do that i'm just gonna hire somebody gonna to pay do somebody it. to do it. because Sweet. that's that is not something that i need to learn i've decided uh so mm-hmm. i was able to probably axe about a dozen projects that way just looking at them going am i ever actually going to do that no nice that feels uh, that feels good to just listen to i will tell you <laughs> so uh getting back on the getting things done bandwagon making those decisions and then when it comes down to time to do the work all i have is a list of things that all of them are necessary so i might as well just pick somewhere and start okay um i'm gonna buy this book it's an amazing book. I this is probably the fifth or sixth time I've read it. Um, I have reread the. It's a book um, by Mark Manson. It's called the subtle or the subtle art of not giving a. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah, I reread that twice this year, and it's great. And it actually that segues into my um, last thing for twenty twenty one is I'm going to say no to more things at work. <laughs> I like it. I yeah. like it a lot. <laughs> um, I think a lot of, especially in academia, and, I mean, there's all kinds of research that women do this more too, um, especially service. Hey, can you serve on this? Can you do this? Can you do this? And we're doing a lot of diversity, equity, and inclusion work, so DEI work, right? And um, this disproportionately gets put on on women. It's like, and I, I was on the search committee and I'm, I was asked to be the DEI person because I was the only woman on the search committee. And it's like, (sighs) you know, I did it fine. But also like, I'm going to start saying no to more of this stuff. Like I'm not, I'm not worried about my job. No one wants to teach the amount that I teach. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm not worried about getting fired. um, Whereas maybe I think a lot of people are in their first couple of years. Um, But I'm to the point now, you know, six years in that I'm going to do less service. My service load is only it's well, right now it's currently 15%. And so it's like this podcast takes up a lot of that. (laughs) Um, Right. And so yeah, I'm gonna say no to stuff. Like, I wanted to be, have my hands in everything. And I just realized like, I'm not a person that can do that. And I don't want to do it. Like I want to have time to do other things I like to do, you know, I like to do and that I don't have to work all the time. Like I'll still work 80 hours a week probably, but (laughs) I don't have to work a hundred hours a week. You know what I mean? And that's like, oh, I'd love to be in part of this project, but I'm going to have to say no. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do it. <laughs> like, I think I have to do it. And I think that this whole 2020, that's another one of the things that came out of this is that whole, the whole 
I don't need to be involved in all the things, you know, because I couldn't be because I've got kids at home. I can't be on Zoom meetings all day. I just can't. And it's like, yeah, I missed out on some stuff, but that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. And I think you should keep a list of the things you say no to. Oh, interesting. Why? Well, to one, prove, because to prove that you're going to be, <laughs> well, one, so you can look at it and be like, yeah, I didn't need to do that. Look at these other things I did because I said no to these. So oh. reinforce that good decision making. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And two, because then you can see like, oh yeah, all those things happened without me still. <laughs> so um, I'm writing that down right now. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> I think that's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I mean, part of me is really sad that it took this long for me to, like, realize this. But whatever. Oh, I need to work on it, too. Mm, oh, so. I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine. There are so many, like, and I've really been getting, now, with employees especially, it's been uh, very easy to, like, have an idea of, wouldn't X be cool? And, yeah, I'm in the middle of working on some programming project for a customer. But I can walk in Monday morning and say, hey... <laughs> X would be cool. Go make X. Uh, <laughs> Man, that's knocking all of the all the buttons off. Delegation. And <laughs> that's awesome. And I have grad students coming in the fall, so I'm going to do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, and there, like you know, I said earlier, there had been some times where it's like, well, that's not actually at all what I meant to say. But it's done. <laughs> but it's done. And then there are some times where... Uh, it has turned out so much better than what I had thought <laughs> because I neglected to communicate my exact thought. Oh, that's excellent. <laughs> that's a testament um, to good employees right there. But, but yes. Yeah. So I guess, well, that'll take us to my last one then, um, which is working. And man, I never would have said this three years ago, five years ago. Um, but it's part of confidence in decision-making, which is actually understanding leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, because what I'm learning more and more is, you know, that being a good leader is not only, you know, managing people, uh, but it's making sure that they never even knew about the problems that were going to keep something from happening that they needed to get done. Yes. Yep. Uh, and that's something that I'm still working on a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that's a constant, that's a constant working on it thing, but that's great that you are because I think so many people in charge don't and it shows. <laughs> right. And just, you know, everybody has something that's on their mind that they're, ready to whine about uh, because we're people. Yep. And uh, it certainly doesn't do any good as a leader to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yep, uh, more reading on my plate for things on that. Mm-hmm. That's good. And look, we've spent an hour talking about this when I said, wow, there's no way we'll talk for an hour. <laughs> Six years and we still didn't learn. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> so, oh, that's, that's great. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a um, 
on my to-do list for tomorrow, which is to write these rule, write these resolutions down in a Google Doc. So next year we come back to this. <laughs> I like it. We don't have to re- re-listen well, to our show. <laughs> and so right now, I am, since, since you have said you're going to do that, I am forwarding you my resolution list. Oh, beautiful. It's forwarded. And then I'm going to archive it out of my inbox. Boom. It is done. Oh, my God. Less than two minutes. Oh, my God. Okay. Six months. Okay. All right. There you go. There it is. It's right there. (laughs) All right. Before I have a nervous breakdown. All right. That means it's time for everybody's favorite segment of the show. Fun Paper Friday. Yay. And, uh... It's, it's about time for me to rotate the cowbells, uh, oh. a statement that has not been said many times. Nope. Uh, <laughs> <For sure. laughs> but uh, I think uh, we have been using Steve's cowbell for a while. Mm-hmm. Are we going to go back to Tim's cowbell? Uh, so I think that uh, this next show of 2021, we're going to rotate and we're going to go to uh, Tim's cowbell for okay. a while. One of Tim's cowbells, because I have two. Yes, yes. The travel size and the regular size. <laughs> Uh, well, no, I have the carbon fiber TSA oh, approved. Oh, that's right. That's right. Your travel. Yeah, mine's just a, t- a baby travel size one, which yeah. I love. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, okay, so first yeah. ever fun paper revisit. Yes. Um, I'm glad that... Okay, so yes, this is the first time we've done this because we really only read the, the little short spiel and I tracked this fun paper down. Because um, paywalls. Yeah, oh, yes but I subverted them. And we're going back to historical natural kinds and mineralogy, systematizing, systematizing, yep, contingency in the context of necessity. God, this title by Cleland et al. (laughs) The title still says it all. Um, So last week we talked a little bit about why we thought this was probably a bad idea, but we needed to see the paper to determine if it's a bad idea and read the figures, but there's only one figure and I still think it's a bad idea. <laughs> I'm going to agree. Uh, I did notice once we got access to it, that is in the perspective section. Yes. Mm-hmm. So there is that. Um, I mean, just because of the title, right? <laughs> and you know, I mean, it is, it is done by some folks at uh, some rather prestigious places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I understand where the point of this is coming from right is that there's no historical context to this and in a in in a field like biology historical context is extremely important when you're doing this natural kinds and i didn't get what natural kinds was for a while and so like i figured this would be something i would be totally behind is that if you're classifying things you're going to do it based on the natural system that they're a part of not based on this human forced classification scheme And that seems like a thing I would be totally behind. And I don't know if I'm so entrenched with the IMA mineralogical rules that I disagree with this. Um, I need more convincing than this paper provided, I guess. Oh, so here's, there's an XKCD that sums this up perfectly for me. Oh, great. Of where they were like, there are, you know, I'm going to make up the numbers because I don't remember the comic exactly. But uh, they're like, well, there are you know 435 standards for how to do this. We need one standard to rule them all. 
And then the next one is like, there are 436 standards on how to do this. (laughs) (laughs) To me, it is a, it's a different system. It is a system that focuses on different things. I'm not going to say they're useful things for me, but I'm not going to say that they aren't useful for somebody else. Uh, Yeah. I, I could see how somebody else might, I don't. I don't want it, and to me, it's just, it's cutting the lines in a different place, but they're still there. Uh, to me, it's not even cutting the lines. It's like the pizza that you get that looks like it's cut, but it's not all the way through. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because I feel like these lines aren't even lines. So, I mean, the point is, the IMA's definition of a mineral is very specific, And it's very um, quantitative. And so they bring up pieces like, all right, if you're looking at like phthalite and forsterite, which are both olivine minerals, right? right? And it only depends on their percentage of, you know, one of their main species. So for forestride, it's magnesium and phthalite, it's iron, right? So you can have, there's a bunch of 50-50 mixes, but if you're at 49-51, it gets called forestride or phthalite. And if you're at 51-49, it's the other one. So <laughs> like to me, that's fine. That's quantitative. I don't right. understand. They bring that up and I don't understand how in that specific you know, it says that there's a whole bunch of 50-50 mixtures of this. This isn't uncommon. Okay, great. I get that. But also, in that example, a lot of times in these olivines, you get zonation. So you're looking at this thing, and there are zones. Like, if you're running your microprobe across it, you'll see those wobble back and forth between the magnesium-rich and the iron-rich. And so your one crystal can have... If you're looking at that microscopic piece, it could be instatite. And then a nanometer over, it's forsterite, then instatite. Okay, so it says IMA can't handle this. But we do handle it by calling it a zoned crystal. <laughs> right, or you just say olivine. Yes. <laughs> like, it, it is hierarchical. Correct. And, like, that adjective tells me all I need to know about it. Like, there isn't instances to me that are specific in terms of how these things form where another type of categorization would help. Right. Like, you know, I don't call two different... We say Earl Grey hot for a reason. (laughs) It's that adjective. It's, It's the same substance. It's a descriptive adjective. Right. Um, they go on. To, so now how they answered this, like how if I brought that up, here's their answer to that, is that, okay, well, magnesium that goes into um, the forsterite, right, um, yep. is generally that magnesium comes from dolomite that gets subducted and then reworked into the mantle. Okay, to me, that's not where the magnesium always comes from, though. So, to me, I say prove it. Exactly. And so it's that thing <laughs> that you said last week 
that was, you know, like now you're sort of getting into the speculative part. So now you're going to categorize something based on a speculation and then move forward and just, you know, concatenate that error with all the other errors you're going to make (laughs) about it. Like I dislike that greatly. Yes. The one thing that they brought up that I thought was interesting was with respect to carbonates. So, you know, limestones or CaCO3, that's, you know, calcite. And so it gets formed in so many different ways. And I thought, well, now that's interesting because actually it's very hard to teach carbonates. It's, It's easy to a geology student once they're three classes in to talking about carbonates, but it's very hard in the first thing to be like, okay, some of these carbonates come from things. They take all those ions out of the water and they fix it and they make a shell and that shell is calcite. But sometimes plants take this out and fix it and then that's calcite. Sometimes it just precipitates from the water directly and that's calcite. So I could see where you have like an origin system between those different calcites might be interesting because that one is more of a, you can tell where they come from, but also we still get along. Like we still do this using IMA and it's okay. Yeah. And there's an argument in here about, well, the IMA, it rejects a lot of things as minerals. Yes. Um, volcanic glass is not a mineral because it hasn't, does not have a defined crystallographic structure. It's amorphous. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, fine. They said, well, liquid, uh, liquid mercury is grandfathered in, but it wouldn't be accepted now. To me, you know, it, let's take this to the extreme example. Okay, let's say we all start using this new system. What do I call a banana? <laughs> well, you're going to say, well, it's not... It's not a mineral. So you're doing the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Because guess what? That banana came from a tree that grew in the earth. So everything in it had to come from the earth. Yeah. Which means it has to have an origin. Mm -hmm. Probably from, so, so am I going to start, where do you draw that line? Right. Right. Yeah. Because it had to get, it's that potassium enrichment from somewhere. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Correct. And so that, not, that was my biggest issue. Yeah, I'm not like blind to the points that they're making. That right, but also like I think how we do it is I think the very specific quantitative nature of the IMA's definition of mineral is what makes it so useful too. Like we still say this is obsidian, but it doesn't have. To me, when I say that, like, that's what I picture. is like, oh, it doesn't actually have an orderly atomic structure. That does right. say something about its origin. So there you go. Well, and they, they cite this example of uh, the meteoric research community calling something that's technically agite, facite. Yeah. And they say, well, the IMA discredits the name. It's like, well, yeah. Yeah, because it's augite. It's not... Right. <laughs> like, just because it's augite that's in a meteorite as opposed to augite that formed in our mantle, you know, that doesn't... Yeah. And I they mean... even cite a couple of biology naming classification systems. Well, biologists can't agree on which one is right, and they, in fact, maybe agree that neither 
well, that there's not a universal classification. Because if you're interested in the history of a mineral... Yeah, you're going to figure that out. Well, not if you want to name it based on it, okay, fine. That is a different research interest than what I deal with. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, they call you out in this paper. They call out <laughs> geophysicists. Right. They call out rock mechanicists and then, you know, structural geologists. Yeah, they got it in for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I care about, you know, what is its P wave speed? Well, it's a granite, so it's probably going to be in this range. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it is somebody else's domain to determine why that granite is there. Mm-hmm. My job is to tell you how much of it's there and how fast sound travels through it. I like, they use diamonds so much and say that, well, there's nano diamonds that were formed in the Big Bang. And then there's diamonds that are formed, you know, 500 million years ago in our mantle and there's diamonds form yes but when you say diamond i can picture exactly the atomic structure that you're discussing it's independent of its formation i think that's the beauty of it yes so now you add an adjective on there and there you go you know and i will say you know i probably get some hate mail on this because uh several people that are in the acknowledgements is <laughs> either reviewers or people that contributed to the discussion. Uh, I know personally. And but like you said, it's not something where we're saying this is completely insane. You're right, right, right. But it's not, it's a different set of distinctions. Yes. Uh, and is it necessary? I don't know. Right. And maybe for some fields it is fine, uh, I don't plan on using any such system, though. <laughs> um, yeah, I would actually, I would, I would encourage um, mail on this greatly because I just, I don't find these reasons compelling. Because you That's don't not... read the email that comes <laughs> to the show. I'll get there. I just have three thousand and sixty-eight other emails to read before those. <laughs> um. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So if you've got uh, the naming convention that you would like to use for minerals, I highly encourage ones that compare all minerals to ice, the <laughs> pure mineral. That's right. Uh, Shannon, how can they send those in? <laughs> send those to John at show at don'tpanicgeocast.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. We're at don'tpanicgeo. John is at geo underscore Lehman. I'm at Shannon Doolin. And if you would like to further support us <laughs> in uh, reaching our 2021 goals, you can do so at Patreon. Uh, we're patreon.com slash don'tpanicgeo. And even though last night, when people were singing those immortal words, they thought, some old acquaintances are better forgotten. <laughs> Until next week, remember, don't panic. It's not an exact science. Any opinions, findings, conclusions, or recommendations expressed are solely ours and do not necessarily reflect the views of our employers or funding agencies. <laughs>